Welcome to the Journey to Multifamily Millions podcast. Start your journey today of building wealth through multifamily real estate investing. Listen to inspiring conversations with experts in the field from every step of the process. It doesn't matter if you're new to multifamily real estate or if you're already the savvy pro, we cover it all. And now your host, founder and CEO of Zana Investments, Tim Little. Kelly Iannone is an advocate for the financial independence, retire early community, which empowers people to take control of their financial lives and chart a path to becoming work optional. While her path began with traditional retirement tools such as 401k and pensions, the acceleration of her FI, financial independence, date comes from her investments in multifamily real estate. Since 2017, she's grown her real estate portfolio to 419 units valued at over $45 million, which provides consistent passive income while she focuses further on growing the portfolio using active income from her W-2 at the most magical place on earth, Disney, and being a wife and mother. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. What a great intro. (laughs) So I gave everyone uh, a high-level overview of your background, but on this show, we really try to focus on the journey. So if you could, please talk to me a little bit about how you got started in real estate, and then maybe more specifically, how you made the turn towards multifamily. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. So you did a great intro there. Our story really goes back. uh, My husband and I, when I talk about R, it's really my husband and I. uh, Back in 2017, we both were working corporate jobs, both at the most magical place on earth, Walt Disney World. And uh, we we had this moment that we looked at each other and we're like, where's all of our money going? And we had been through our corporate careers, investing through our 401ks. We're fortunate enough to have pensions from our, from our jobs. Um, but we were really astonished that we weren't growing wealth quicker and that we didn't have as much to show for the hard work that we were both doing in this traditional, traditional path. And so through that discovery, we, we discovered the financial independence retire early community, which really resonated with the two of us to be able to have the option to spend more time with the friends and with our friends and family and to do things that we're passionate about. And again, as we kind of dove into that, you start to hear about real estate and, you know, people building passive income, earning income while they sleep. And that's certainly appealing to be able to decouple your time and effort from the money that you make in order to sustain your life. And so that's where our journey to real estate really came in. And we, we identified the benefits of real estate over investing in continuing to invest in our 401ks and relying on our pensions and other government, um, government benefits to really look at real estate and go all in on that. Um, so that's where real estate started. That journey in real estate, we invested in, we had a single family rental home. We did, flip with, did a flip with partners. We passively invested in a real estate syndication, which we will come back to. Um, and then my husband and I, we, we realized commercial multifamily is where we wanted to be. So we took a big leap and invested in a six unit. And I say invested, we bought it, we bought it ourselves. 
a six unit building that needed a total gut renovation. It took a year to do. We've completed it. It's 100% occupied. And when we took a step back and looked at how do we continue to scale this and build passive income, and we can use the term passive in air quotes for me as I'm, I'm very much an active investor, um, real estate syndications kind of bubbled back to the top from that limited partner standpoint that we invested in back in 2019 was our first investment in a syndication as a limited partner. And that really was passive income. And so that's what kind of brings us to today and that we are, we are full force in being active general partners in real estate syndications in the multifamily space. Yeah, that's, that's great. And what I think is uh, so poignant about your story is that it, it drives home the point that I'm always trying to make to people, which is, hey, this, this journey is not a straight line, right? Like no. people, people can take this, this in whatever direction they want and, and nobody usually takes the same steps. So you basically dabbled in a, in a lot of different things before you finally settled on commercial multifamily is what it sounds like. And I'd like to rewind a little bit to that, that commercial multifamily that you guys bought and hold your, your, held yourself. Um, I've, I've known you <laughs> through some of the, <laughs> the trials and tribulations uh, that you've been on with that. And could you talk to me a little bit more about um, how you were able to do that? Because even to most people, you know, buying a, a, you know, a six or a nine units, some, something, anything over you know, one, uh, let alone four units, just seems impossible. So how were you able to do that? And then talk about some of the lessons that you learned as you've, uh, again, gone through some of the challenges, we'll say, uh, with, with that property. Yeah, <laughs> challenges is a good way to put it. There's a lot of ups and downs with it. We're on the ups now. <laughs> but, um, you know, you have both the mindset and then the financial components of how you're able to do it. When my husband and I really started on the real estate journey, to your point, we dabbled a lot because we were educating ourselves. We were surrounding ourselves with people who were also interested in real estate or doing real estate. They were doing a variety of different things because there are so many different ways to go in the real estate um, real estate realm. We had done a flip with partners and our flip, the renovation had was supposed to be 50,000 and ended up being 100,000. So doing this really heavy renovation with partners flipping a property, I don't even know if I mentioned we flipped a property, but we flipped one property with partners. It was a much bigger rehab than originally anticipated. So when my husband and I kind of took a step back and we're like, okay, we want to do something individually. There were um, some things that came up in that partnership that we didn't want to repeat in future deals. And we started looking at multifamily. We knew we wanted to scale. We wanted more roofs over the heads. We wanted, we wanted um, residents that would live in the places to provide that consistent um, income. We didn't want the quick wins of flipping a house. We wanted the consistent income. We wanted the, the tax benefits that come along with owning rental properties. We found the six units and it was in really, really bad condition, but it was at a price that we could afford to buy. And having just gone through what was a $100,000 renovation on a single family home, putting 220000 which was our original renovation budget for this six units, didn't seem that big. So we had the mindset of, you know, we had already taken one small step 
And now it was time to take a bigger step. We were our, we were bought into real estate. We knew that was the path and we just had to lean into it and jump. So that was kind of the mindset piece. From a financial perspective, we, you know, going back those several years when we looked at each other and went, where's all of our money going? At that point in time, we made a very conscious decision to work towards living on one income so that we had the second income to invest specifically in real estate. Um, so we had spent a few, couple of years, I think it took about two and a half years to get to the point where we lived on both incomes to where we could just live on one income. Mm-hmm. And that we then just started saving that income in the bank. So we had a nice chunk of change sitting there waiting for the right opportunity. And then we also, fortunately, unfortunately, during COVID, my husband was furloughed for 14 months. So we had the opportunity to withdraw from our 401ks without being penalized. So we took the maximum 100,000 out of our 401ks and reallocated it. And I use that word very deliberately. We did not go buy a Porsche. We did not fund our lifestyle. We did not go buy a more expensive house. We reallocated it from the stock markets in our 401k into real estate to help fund that specific project. No, that's that's awesome. And I think that goes back to the, you know, your whole uh, fire movement piece, the financial independence, retire early, really education, educating yourself becoming mm-hmm. financially literate, which is significantly lacking uh, for a number of reasons. I think, you know, primarily because it, it's not taught to us, right? And if our, right. our parents don't have that knowledge to pass on to us, then we either learn it by, by doing, by osmosis from being around others who have that information and, and really just seeking it out ourselves, which I, you know, at least, you know, in my case, uh, that's that's what I've had to do because you know my my dad didn't have investment properties he, he didn't have stocks he didn't have any of those mm-hmm. things um, so he didn't he didn't know how to educate me on um, you know financial savviness I, I guess is yeah. the best way to put it and that's a and that's a really good point Tim my so my husband and I we come from pretty different backgrounds my family's background my parents were factory workers but they were financial literate to the, to the sense of they knew to invest in their 401ks. They got pensions from their companies. They mm-hmm. retired at 50 and 51. We lived a comfortable life, um, but they, they were financially literate. They knew how to spend their money, save their money, invest, and so on. So that was, that was the story I was told growing up. You invest in your 401k, you get a job, you work your however many years, you get your pension, you retire. Most people don't get pensions these days. I'm fortunate to actually have one. Um, my husband's story was a little different. His and we had no real estate in our in my family growing up. My kind of the stories I heard were land, landlords were slumlords and tenants ruin ruin all the properties. Those were kind of the stories I heard. On the other side, my husband um, grew up in a family that was not as financially astute, and while they were in the real estate space, they um, did not make as many long term financial savvy decisions. So when we came together, we had a lot of those conversations of, I was very comfortable in the stock market. My husband was like, no, that's, that's very emotional. People, you know, people are betting their money there. You have no control over it. We need to buy real estate. And for me, I was like, well, real estate, that takes a lot of money to buy, you know, landlords are slumlords and tenants ruin all the property. So we really, we had a lot of those conversations and again, through self-education and finding platforms like bigger pockets and different podcasts really understanding the real estate's the real estate niche and then understand what are our goals 
our ultimate goal is to be work optional, to be able to have freedom of time, money, and location. And I can't do that working a nine to five job. And I can't do that if I'm going to potentially run an Airbnb that takes a higher level of day-to-day work. Yes, there are ways. And that's where multifamily really came in is that by scaling into larger multifamilies, you can put systems in place and teams in place to handle all the day-to-day and lift our roles up into more that asset management uh, asset management level where we're having conversations from wherever we choose to have them with the on-site team and with the oversight team um, to make sure that the property is meeting expectations and is growing as we as we planned. Yeah, and, and something I tell everyone is that multifamily is a, a team sport, right? Like mm-hmm. most most people who are in multifamily probably started out with either a single family or a small multifamily, and that is something that you can quite literally do yourself. Like you may have a CPA, and you may have a you know a realtor that you like to go to a lawyer, whatever the case may be, but you can buy, run, you could do everything yourself on that. In multifamily, I have found that is not the case. I have yet to meet a syndicator, sponsor, whatever term you want to use, that is doing all the roles themselves. Um, So, And doing them well, right? I think with that point, you know, kind of to that point, having done the six unit, my husband, just my husband and I, we did, we did every component of it. And there are components that we did not do great, that we could have done better. And when you're doing it as a team sport, you can really put individuals in the roles that they excel at. So we're all working towards our superpower. And that just that's a beautiful thing because we're all firing on all cylinders on what we're experts as. We joke that I don't, I don't know that we'll buy another six or 10 unit, just the two of us anymore, because it is so much more fun to do these large multifamilies on teams where we're all, again, in our, um, in our wheelhouse of what our expertise is. And um, yeah, it's just, we're definitely enjoying, we like having that in our property, in our portfolio, because it is a legacy hold. We can hold it till the day we die. Our kids get the step up basis, all the great benefits of real estate. Um, But the scalability and the fun just with the larger multifamilies, I'm really enjoying kind of the journey I've been on so far. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, because, you know, you were kind of doing a hybrid approach right there, Um, you know, owning owning your own uh, property, but also taking part in syndications. And, you know, I you, you may even be passively investing as well at the same time. I don't know. Um, we do have some. Yep. And so I guess where does that fit into your overall strategy? It sounds like it, it may be changing, but do you plan to, to continue to hold? Because myself, I had a, a triplex and I was self-managing it and it was cash flowing great. But at the same time, it was taking up so much of my time because I was self-managing it and just, you know, issues arise, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I I made the decision that d- despite the cash flow that I was getting and likely appreciation that I would get, it made more sense, at least in this stage of my business, to go ahead, uh, sell it, not even do a 1031, just sell it, take the hit on the, you know, on the taxes, because I could find ways to, you know, not defer it, but, you know, offset it um, yep. through other real estate investments, and then just use that money for my multifamily syndications. Because I think like you, 
as a as sponsor, I always want to put money into a deal because that that shows my investors alignment of interest. Absolutely. And we want to grow our wealth too, right? I mean, sure. we want the we want the passive income, we want to grow our wealth. Um, so yeah, we dabbled, we dabbled in a lot to kind of figure out where we wanted to be. And we still hold a single family. We still hold the six, the six unit. At this point in time, we have all intentions to continue holding it. Unlike you, we have them in property management. So we don't deal with them day to day. And I always recommend any investor who's buying properties, just you budget property management and you put it under property management. I don't want the day-to-day calls from the tenants. I don't, you know, if it's under two, five, $200, thank, just take care of it. I'll see it on the invoice at the end of the month. If I see it's getting out of control, I'll have that conversation. But otherwise, um, I literally get the invoice at the end of the month from the property management companies. I take a look at it and go, okay, everything look, looks within control. I see the money go in the bank account and, and that's it. That's, that's how I like to deal with those properties. So at this point in time, we intend to continue to hold those long terms. Um, we do passively invest in other syndications as well. Uh, that, you know, that will continue I think that when we start to see a lot of our active stuff turn and go full cycle in three, six, 10 years, and we have more of an abundance of cash to reinvest, that we will do more passive investing in others' deals. Because what that does, it diversifies, it diversifies our holdings and our risk across multiple um, assets, as well as I would look to, I'm not doing it yet, but I would look to investing in maybe store, like passively investing, not active because it's not my expertise, but finding an operator who I've fully vetted and I'm confident in references for that I can invest maybe in their multifamily or their industrial properties or whatever it might be to then diversify across asset classes, but still getting the passive income. We do own um, for, we do own quite a bit of stock in our 401ks. So we are diversified from a paper asset to a real estate asset um, but moving forward, we are really leaned into being active general partners on real estate syndications. And to your point, investing along with those syndications. I do still work my W-2. So we still, and we still live on one income. So we basically invest that, that second income as well as reinvest all of our returns from our real estate portfolio at this point in time. And they're going into those deals that I am doing um, with you on some of them too. Yeah. And I think one thing that um, I kind of heard, a theme that I heard over and over again was, was having a plan. And it sounds like you have a, you know, pretty good plan, both on the real estate side, but also, you know, with your husband in terms of making sure that there's alignment there and that you're both on the same sheet of music. And now I I found that's very important on my side of, you know, for the health of my marriage. Uh, I wanted to see uh, how important that was for you. And um, have have you guys uh, always agreed, I guess, on the way forward or has that kind of evolved? Yeah, it's imperative that you and your spouse or your life partner or whoever, that you're on the same page for your investments. Because at the end of the day, like I'm not just working and making my own money and get to make an independent unilateral decision on what I do with my money. Like at the end of the day, we're married and we've been married nearly 10 years now that, you know, it's, it's our family's money. And when we live on one income, it's not like, okay, I'm living on your income. So I get to save my income or vice versa. It's all, it's like a global income. Um, but it was a journey kind of having those conversations. And we did a lot of learning and growing together and understanding his point of view and my point of view 
and how we can marry that together. From a dynamic perspective, I am much more the face of what we're doing. I'm the one you'll see out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm the one that you'll, you know, if you book a call through our website, I'm the only one that's even on our website. He's not even on our website, (laughs) even though he's a 50% owner of the company, but it's just not, you know, it's what roles we play in the company. And, um, I am very much, I'm the type a go get him personality. Like don't stand in my way. We're going to make it happen. And he is a much more methodical. Let's think things through. Let's, let's play all the, what is scenarios. And it's great that we have that balance because I can, I'm the, oh my gosh, here's this opportunity. Let's go do it. Here's all the information (laughs) I found out. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Let's, let's stand back. Um, But at the end of the day, we make a decision to invest together, whether it be by that six unit. And I I very much remember those conversations in our bedroom going, we just, we need, we need, honey, we need to do it. Like (laughs) we vetted it at some point, we just have to lean in and trust the process and and do it. And the same thing happens today on our real estate syndications. Um, As you know, as a general partner, there's times we need to put hard, we need to put money down hard, earnest money. And if the deal doesn't close, we lose that money. That's not it. I'm on the calls with, my partners. But before I agree to doing that, I'm having a conversation with him in the back end. And even from a, you may ask, I work a full-time job, he does too. And I do real estate syndications, which is a very solid part-time job. It's, it takes a lot of work. Um, he picks up a lot of the slack on the household front. So he takes the lead when I have conference calls or meetings with potential investors with the kids and their homework or on nights I have late calls, putting them to bed. So we're just, it's, it's a team sport in our household as well. And fortunately we're both on the same page, but it, it is a journey and it takes communication is key. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. So, so this has been great, but I want to move on and go to our keys to success. And so what, there's going to be some uh, rapid fire questions here. Um, the first one is what is the one red flag every investor should look for? And that can be either a passive investor or an active investor. So I really specialize and focus a lot on like investor relations and talking to potential investors. So I'm going to take this from the angle of what a passive investor or what we call a limited partner should kind of keep out for red flags. And that is being pressured to invest in a specific deal. An individual should not feel pressured to invest. And if they have an operator or an individual or a general partner, that's really pushing them. You have to make a decision today. And this is the first time I'm having the conversation with you. Don't invest. Like you shouldn't make a decision that quickly. You need to have time to marinate, really understand the deal and make sure that you're getting whatever questions you have answered from that particular operator as well. So if you're feeling pressured to invest in a deal from the other person, from whoever is the operator, that should be a red flag. Absolutely. All right. Next, what piece of advice would you give to every multifamily investor? Again, I'm going to go from the from the limited partner standpoint. Invest now. Invest now. Start small. Start now. Start small. That's what I like to say. Start now. Start small. When we invested in our first real estate syndication, we put thirty thousand, and I actually sold all my Disney stock. Tell the company, (laughs) I sold thirty five thousand dollars worth of Disney stock. You know, sent five thousand to Uncle Sam to pay the taxes. And I invested 30,000 in the real estate syndications. Now I'm investing the larger amounts now and our typical minimums are larger than that, but have that conversation and see what you can do to just start investing. Because the beauty of compound interest in, over a period of time, it, it snowballs, it grows and it really turns into something 
beyond your wildest dreams. And if we would not have started when we started with that smaller amount, we wouldn't be, I don't think we'd be where we are today. Yeah. And I, I did the same thing. I did my first passive investment in 2017 and that was with $25,000. And that seems like a really small amount for a syndication, but at the mm-hmm. time it was a lot of money to me. Right. And, and, we as sponsors need to keep that in mind too. Yes. That, that especially for first time investors, this mm-hmm. is, this is a test for them. This is a proof of concept for them. Um, so there, there has to be a lot of trust there and that, that amount of money may be a lot to them, even if we're seeing, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 come in that, that 25,000 may mean the world to them. And for me seeing that first distribution check, you know, however many months in, that was my proof of concept. That's when the light bulb went off yeah. to say, hey, this is a real thing. You know, like th- this is not a scam. Absolutely. I love it when I get, I get paper checks for that first investment. I don't know if you get paper for their ACH, <laughs> but I get paper checks. And what is it? June 20. Sorry, we're recording June 28th. <laughs> uh, I should be getting a paper check from that investment in the next two weeks. And I always love getting it. I know exactly what it is because I get the 8% pref return, but I know exactly what it's going to be. And I love going out to the mailbox and picking it and seeing that. There you go. That mailbox money. That uh, mailbox money. <laughs> the last question, what does success look like to you? To me, success looks like being able to um, separate time and money. And again, it, it goes back to what I wholeheartedly believe in as being able to build those passive income streams and multiple streams of income. They say that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. And that's something that we're not taught in our traditional society growing up. So really building out those streams of income and being able to separate time from money. Absolutely. Hey, Kelly, this, this has been awesome. It's, it's always fun to talk to you. You just bring a, a great <laughs> level of energy. It's like a ray of sunshine in the room. Um, and, Yay. And, and you also brought a, a lot of great insight um, into the, the FIRE movement and um, investing in multifamily. So again, uh, thanks for having you on. Please tell our guests how they can get a hold of you and, and where they should go to, to find out more information. Absolutely. It's been great being here, Tim. I really appreciate it. Um, two great places. I'm super active on LinkedIn. So if you look me up on LinkedIn, Kelly Iannone, you'll uh, see how to spell my name in the show, I'm sure. But Kelly Iannone on LinkedIn And then my actual syndication website is www.waypointcip.com. And that's Waypoint Commercial Investment Partners, but waypointcip.com. Thanks, Tim. It's been fantastic being here. Yeah, thanks thanks again, Kelly. We'll have all your information in the show notes. I appreciate you coming on and looking forward to seeing you do big things on your journey to multifamily millions. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to the Journey to Multifamily Millions podcast with host Tim Little. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review as well to help us reach more people like you. For more information on how you can start your journey to multifamily millions, visit ZanaInvestments.com. And remember, every journey starts with a single step and there's always more to learn.